more than one person who is a great storyteller. I have two or three in mind friends of mine and friends of my friends who, whom maybe I've met a couple of times. And that's the person who after dinner when we see in the couch and start to talk about whatever, it's like you know, 10, 12 people in, in the room. She tells the story and then everyone's quiet. Everyone's paying attention because she's a great storyteller. Now, that person is going to be remembered better than the rest, but not only that, whatever she says, you're going to remember so much better. I remember just like, it was like two months ago, a friend of, of my wife were having this dinner and, and she's telling this story about how she confronted a policeman because she stopped her in her car and what she said to him because she thought she was, she was right and he was wrong. And I still remember that perfectly, like I had lived through that situation. So if she had a message in that, it would have been here, that message. It's so easy to, again, to can your message in, in StoryCan and, and deliver that. So people are, are remembered because of, of, of things no one else has. For instance, you go to a, a job interview and you don't tell them something about yourself which makes you stand out, they're going to forget about you. Like, I, I'm, I'm a scuba diving instructor. So whenever I used to go to, to job interviews, I always made sure I, I sneaked in the fact that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a scuba diving instructor. Okay, well, welcome everybody. This is the first ever Cyclo Talk of the second season of Cyclo Talks. So yeah, this is a, a great start of a new season and I think you will like it. Uh, we have very interesting people here today. Uh, among them, we have uh, all the founding members of Cyplo for the first time in a Cyplo talk. And one of them, Francisco, will be introducing our very special guest of tonight that is going to tell us all about storytelling, how to do storytelling, and how storytelling can empower all the eight areas of wellness of our lives and multiple and very strong ways. So, uh, Francisco, without further ado, do you want to introduce uh, Professor Javier? Thanks, uh, Luis. So, with us is Javier Bernal. He's a communication, communications and marketing executive with a PhD in communications. He's worked all over the FMCG market in really high-ranking positions and has had some of the largest advertising and media accounts here in Spain. Um, but for me, he is my professor at IE. He taught me public speaking, storytelling, and writing for business. And I'm really happy to have him. We, I took out a lot from his classes. We're kind of my sanity during quarantine was to have like his storytelling class. So Javier, welcome. We're really happy to have you and we really can't thank you enough. If you want to have, do a quick intro, we'll be really happy. Thank you, thank you, Francisco. I'm, I'm so glad myself to be with you. It's always nice to, to see alumni and such distinguished alumni, of course. So, so I'm glad to be able to contribute with, with this, with this story about stories, which is, I guess, what we're going to do today, and and find out why stories are are working in business or working in your, in your, personal lives and and on how to tell them, you know. So, 30 minutes, is maybe not enough, but yeah. but in 30 minutes we can have in in a in, in a nutshell, things that 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 work in storytelling and what those those things are so my favorite thing about storytelling and i think we talked about a bit a little bit about it in class is how humans kind of need storytelling to progress so there's this whole thing this whole all these studies about how early hominids use storytelling to kind of 
make the group stronger and have like a core message. And the way to convey that was through storytelling. There's also, you know, if you look at the oldest fable from Ireland, it's the same as the Lord of the Rings because we have this need for storytelling that kind of binds us intrinsically as, as like a species. So if you could speak a little bit about storytelling in general, why you think we as, you know, as humans, as people kind of, it is so important to us. Yes. Well, the first thing that would come to mind is that we love epic. And why do we love epic? We have movies, theater, series, but song lyrics are also epic in a way. I was yesterday, I, I was listening to a, an old song I hadn't listened for like, I don't know, 10, 15 years by the Eagles, which is called Lying Eyes. And such a beautiful story in, in, in five minutes. And so songs also tell stories, but also you see stories when you look at adverts on TV, that there are, but most of them are going to be stories. You see stories in business cases we do at, at business schools. Stories are, are all, all around us. Some people even say we, we dream in stories. By the way, most of your dreams are not going to be very nice if you realize most dreams are nasty because supposedly your brain is getting you ready for situations you, you may encounter. And stories will help you prepare for those situations in the form of dreams. And the, the interesting thing about why we love epic is, is survival. So we like stories because we need to survive in the wild and in a group. In the wild, because stories work as a way to depict problems you encounter in the wild, like how, how do you hunt a deer? The obstacles you encounter when, when trying to solve those problems and then the, the solution to the problems. If you try to learn how to hunt by hunting without anyone telling you how to do it, you probably die because the animal will, will, will destroy you or you would die of hunger versus someone telling you how to do it. How do you learn that? Through stories. So we learned our basic survival skills through storytelling, which is one of the main reasons we have. It's screwed deep down in here. Storytelling is good for us. Now, the other reason why we love storytelling so much linked to surviving in the wild, I said is surviving in, in a group. And this is why we gossip. Oh, this, this is something that always struck me as very funny. Now, why do people read gossip magazines? I, I found it not very interesting. But then whenever I got my hands on one, it was like, okay, I need this. I like it. What happened to this very famous person? Why is he getting off with this and not this other character? And why is he going to do next? And what about his fortune and his houses and, and the yachts? So why do we like all this? Because we are social animals and we need to keep track of what is going on in a group. By the way, we are social animals in very large groups, which has to do with the relative size of our neocortex in our brains, which is the one that... that mm, it's the one that, uh, let me put it, let me find the word, uh, that tells you what is, what is going on with your peers, with your mates. So compared to other species of primates, we have a larger brain because we have more people in our group. So imagine if you're in a class of 50 at school, you need to keep track of relationships taken in pairs, in trios, in fours, and then what does A think of B and what does B think of A and what do they both think of me? So it's so many possibilities that we need to enlarge our, our brains. And by the way, brain tissue is a very expensive tissue to maintain. So we've grown our brains 
more relative to the other things we could have grown, like we could have been faster or stronger, etc. We have a big brain in part because we need to keep track of all these relationships. And it's called, it has a fancy name. It's called theory of mind, which in normal language is empathy. There's actually a part of your brain, which is called theory of mind module, where you keep track of all these relationships. And, and if you think about this, most of those relationships have to do with two things, with dating and with your position in the hierarchy. So you need to be very well aware of what is going on with other people. So can I, can I mate this with this other individual or not? And what if this person is um, forming a group and I am not in that group and how is my position in that hierarchy in that social group going to go up or down if, if I don't know what is going on? So we like to gossip. We like to talk about personal experiences, relationships. Most of, of the the time we spend speaking to people is, is the social relationships and experiences. And there's a very interesting experiment in 1997 in universities in London and in Liverpool. And they, they eavesdrop on people's conversations in the cafeteria and, and note down what they're talking about. And the interesting thing is for men is 55% of our time speaking in groups is dedicated to this. And women is 67%, so, that, so the cliche works. Women are more interested in, in this than, than men. But another interesting thing in, in this experiment is that women's stock is addressed more towards maintaining, maintaining the social framework, the, the networking, the, keeping the group going smoothly. Whereas men, we tend to, to show off more. We, we, we self-promote when we're speaking to other men. And when women are, are, are present, we tend to talk more about intellectual things and, and about anything related to work because we are, we're like boasting. You know? Again, the cliche applies, so it, it works. So those are the, the two basic reasons why, why we love storytelling. And I find it so amazing uh, that we have to go back so many thousands of years to, to realize why epic is so interesting for us. Of course, it also relaxes you and it entertains you, etc. But, the, but the, the main reason is, is in here, deep down there. Yeah, the reason I asked you this question is because after one of your classes, I read this book called The, the Here with a Thousand Faces. And I went on this really long rabbit hole on, on storytelling. And, and kind of all of, I saw the study and all this, and it was, it was so fascinating to me that it is kind of in our DNA in ways we don't even know. Um, but you did mention, you know, advertising, marketing, and, and business cases, how we do at IE, how they tell a story. Um, and kind of the focus of your class, because IE is a business school, is kind of using storytelling to be better at business, to maybe do better in interviews, uh, maybe further your own personal brand. And can you speak a bit about how, kind of how, how we use that, how I can, for example, craft a story about my professional experience and kind of move it forward? Um, kind of move forward myself professionally before we talk about, you know, storytelling on a more personal note, because I know you're an expert in that and we would all love to hear this. Yes. Well, for one thing, persuasion, which is at the, at the heart of rhetoric, at the heart of addressing an audience, is easier through stories. When you, when you engage your message in a story, when you can your message inside a, a, a canned 
story can, then you're going to be way more able to sell whatever message you want to sell. You will convince people through your stories. And the reason that happens is that you are living that story as if it was your own, because you're finding things in common with what is related in that story about the character, and you connect at a deeper way. So actually the audience or your employees, if you're addressing a, a company conference, for instance, are buying your message as if it was theirs because they're reflecting themselves in the story you're telling them stories are, are very common if i tell you a story about someone who who is in combat I've, I've never been in combat and probably you haven't been in combat either or that person has been in combat it tells you the story but you can relate to the fact that you're in danger that you are facing the unknown that you're facing people who don't like you and want to harm you We've all been in those situations. So it's very easy to relate to those. And in a safe way, by the way, because if someone tells you about combat, you've, you've never been in combat, but, but then you will experience the same, you'll get the same learnings from that person. Like we said before, learning to hunt by hearing, listening to stories without incurring in the risks of, of combat, of course. So, so persuasion is number one. And very important thing, if you are the big boss, you should come across as approachable and human. So the sure-footed, very self-assured, like chronically demanding boss, nobody likes those guys. But even those guys can become more approachable if they present themselves through a story. So who I am, why I'm here, what am I doing here, why do I like this? Something about your past that tells them about who you are, something your parents told you that made you the, the way you are today. So people can relate to those things and you become more approachable instantly. I always say, if you arrive in whatever company and you have not address, addressed your employees in, in week one, then you're gonna have a problem, an HR problem. And in that address, you shouldn't insert a story about yourself so they know better who you are. And then this, this teaching stories, this trigger and action, triggering action stories, values in how to, to have people touch values through stories, because these are very abstract things. There's so many ways in which you can use stories. But I would say that the number one is coming across as, as you when you land anywhere, and then convincing people through, through stories of your message. Right, I know that. A lot for me, whenever I'm in a new company or, or, or in a class, for me, it's so much easier to understand what we're going to do, what the whole thing is about. If there's kind of this complete narrative with a beginning, middle, and end that's framed like a story. Because I know we talked about this in class, that I don't remember the company, and I'm sorry, that they were going through layoffs, people were going to get fired. Um, and the CEO just came out said, you know, told a story, said, this is what's happening. I'm really sorry. And it came up a lot more genuine than if they would have just, you know, read it from a PDF with kind of, oh, this, we're restructuring. So what kind of I take away from this is that the more you can frame your goals, objectives, your kind of mission into a, a story, the more power you're going to have over getting your employees or your peers or maybe your friends or, or you talked about combat, maybe the people who are serving under you to kind of follow you into, you know, kind of into the gates of hell, basically. So uh, I think that's what I took out uh, the most from this. I, I hope you agree. Um, but we have to move into personal branding and 
you know, personal growth, because here at SideFlow, that's what we focus on. And the reason we kind of wanted you to have you on is because for me, the whole storytelling thing has been great in order for me to kind of get myself into, you know, this position I am, I'm doing a master's, I'm, I'm trying to get my professional life moving, move, moving forward. So if you can speak a little bit about, you know, how you can use uh, the power of storytelling for personal branding or, or just personal growth, you know, telling stories, maybe even to yourself um, to move forward, we, we would love to hear it. Yeah, well, to yourself, there's in psychotherapy, patients are, are, are instructed are taught how to build the story of their um, traumatic experience so that they can rationalize that experience and, and help, help, them, help them get over it. But I'm no psychiatrist, so I'm, <laughs> I think we just stick to the personal branding yeah. thing. Now, I'm sure you know um, more than one person who is a great storyteller. I have two or three in mind friends of mine, friends of my friends who maybe I've met a couple of times. And that's the person who, after dinner, when we sit in, in, in the couch and, and start to talk about whatever, it's like you know, 10, 12 people in, in a room. She tells a story and then everyone's quiet. Everyone's paying attention because she's a great storyteller. Now, that person is going to be remembered better than the rest. But not only that, whatever she says, you're going to remember so much better. I remember that just like, it was like two months ago, a friend of, of my wife, we're having this dinner and, and she's telling this story about how she confronted a policeman because she stopped her in her car and what she said to him because she thought she was, she was right and he was wrong. And I still remember that perfectly. Like I had lived through that situation. So if she had a message in that, it would have been here, that message. It's so easy to, again, to can your message in, in story can and, and deliver that. So people are, are remembered because of, of, of things no one else has. For instance, you go to a, a job interview and you don't tell them something about yourself which makes you stand out, they're going to forget about you. Like, I, I'm, I'm a scuba diving instructor. So whenever I used to go to, to job interviews, I always made sure I, I sneaked in the fact that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a scuba diving instructor because they're going to remember that. Not everyone is a scuba diving instructor. Maybe you are you speak seven languages or you've lived in Patagonia. Nobody lives in Patagonia except cows, maybe, or, or, or a few and a few people, of course, or you've lived in Alaska for, for 10 years. Okay. People remember those things. So things that are you and not, no, no one else's. So if you're a good storyteller, people will remember that. And if you go into an interview or you want to speak to the colleague at work and you make, you want to make sure that they remember you for whatever reason you want to push forward the project. If you're a good storyteller, they will first want to speak with you because you're, you're entertaining and then they will remember you. So storytelling is to personal branding as spices can be to Mexican food. So Mexican food, spicy. Okay, Francisco is a very good storyteller. So it, it, sticks, with, it sticks with your character. So it pays to learn how to tell stories. There's one problem with stories, which I, I saw very, very, I've seen very often in the, in the storytelling courses I, I, I teach, which is people think that because the, the information is here, because it's their story and they live through it, that just by opening their mouths and telling the story, it's going to work. It doesn't work. You need to rehearse that story. When you rehearse it, you realize that some bits are missing or some bits are need, need not be there. 
rehearse the story and then it, it's a totally different thing. Right, yeah, I, I remember from class, you, you made us rehearse, you know, we all had, a, I think, the stories in our head. And when, when we said it, I remember it happened to me when I told the story the first time, I, I thought to myself, that is not what happened. Like, that, that is not the message I wanted to convey. So I, I, definitely, I definitely agree with that. You know, you have to kind of craft your story to not only your purpose, because that can come off as a bit weird if we're talking about, you know, personal growth, but in order to kind of further yourself in what it is you want to achieve. Um, another thing that kind of came to my mind when we were talking about this is not only, you know, having a story as, a, as an individual, but also having a story as a, as a brand. You know, there, if you think about, I can't think anything off the top of my head, but if you think of a certain brand, you, you kind of want people to think of the brand as a, as a story, not, not as this monolithic giant corporation. Um, so this is more a bit marketing than it is storytelling, but do you think there is kind of a way for brands to kind of storytell? Actually, they, they do it all the time. They, they use many different channels to tell stories to their customers. But I, I think that's not what you're asking. What you're asking is how do you make a brand come across as more human, if you want, or more approachable, because they, they yeah. have their yeah. story in that brand. For instance, take Patagonia. Patagonia is, is a brand with an enormous story. It's a, a guy that starts a company on his own because he loves the he loves the the outdoors, the wilderness, and realizes there's not enough material to go around that he he values. So what does he do? He sets up a company, and then all his employees, all they all care for the environment. They're all very active, and they 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 donate. I don't know how much of of their revenue to environmental projects. So that's that's a big story for a brand, and then whenever something is something big is happening they donate or not depending on how they see themselves because it fits or not with the story it works for for most companies that that started with one person there's always a story there if it's uh i'm thinking about this this other brand is a it's a surf brand i can't remember the name they, they do lots of of, of clo clothing on top of surfboards, etc. And again, the founder was a surfer and he loved surfing so much that he started his own brand or a mountain bike brand. I do a lot of mountain biking. So my brand, which is Ibis, Ibis started because someone in his garage started to build bikes for a bike for himself. And then he built another one for a friend and another one. And then he sold the company and then he came back just like Steve Jobs because he was in tatters and then they started to go big again and they take a lot care of the customers and they write themselves every day so that's a big story i'm interested in that brand in 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 part it's a great brand i mean it's a beautiful bikes but but in part because of the story of the brand the right. owner features their big as part of the story right so basically the story of a brand is usually the story of a person so we kind of come full circle into this you know how individual storytelling but going Thanks for this. I, I I was trying to figure out the surf brand and I came up empty. So it's good that we don't have any, you know, hardcore surfers here because they would probably get mad at us. So going back a bit into personal growth, um, how you, you mentioned psychiatry and, and psychology and kind of working through trauma, doing storytelling. We're not going to touch too deep on because we're not medically trained here. Anyone is. Um, but how do you think you know you can 
use storytelling for your, your own personal growth, kind of up, looking at it apart from being a brand or, or kind of having your own thing, but kind of growing as a person and, and how can storytelling help you there? All right. So stories makes thing, make things easier to understand. Things that happen to you every day, you go back. So what happened to me today? If you, if you turn those things into stories, uh, then your life like makes more sense in a way. And, and the funny thing is that so many stories, so there's so much storytelling material every day in your lives, you wouldn't believe it. I keep a, a story log and like every week, I write down. So what happened to me this week? So this, oh, this is story material, story material, story material. And then you, you tend to see your, your past differently. And you can sort of project what happened to you into the future. Okay, so this happened. This is the message I get from this episode in my life. This is what I, I need or, or need not do in the future because of this. So you, you, it's like writing things down in a way you understand about yourself. Instead of sensations, feelings, you rationalize it through a story. And so many things happen. For instance, just, just last week, I was in Asturias in Spain, in the north of Spain. I went to t teach a course there. And on the, on the way to the airport, I got this cab driver who was in his 60s. And he was listening to the same radio station I normally listen to. So we started to talk about politics and the radio station because of the radio station. And then he went on to, he went on to say how because he asked me, so what do I do? What did I study? And he said, look, I was, I was going to be an engineer, but I, I didn't study because I, I didn't have the time. I had a daughter and I had to start working, so I left that. But my pastime is solving equations. Can you imagine that? So a taxi driver in his Toyota is telling me, I'm, I do equations, very complicated equations. I'm, I'm very interested in physics. So we started to talk about physics because I also like physics. I'm not very good at physics, but I'm interested. And we talk about Richard Feynman and Schroeder's cat and Planck's constant and where's this, the space station and there's an app to see the space station. So I was, I was amazed at, at the guy's wisdom. But and then I asked, hey, how do you understand all these things? This is so complicated. Physics, I love physics, but I, I don't get past vectors because it's, it's, to me, it's, it's just too much. I'm, 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 a, I'm not a numbers person. I'm more of a logic and, and literature etc person so he says look you have to start bit by bit so go for the very easy things first and you'll see how it builds and you you, you end up loving it more than you do now now that's a very common sense thing to say but from that i build the story of my encounter with this person and there's a very clear message at the end and that will that teaches me to so in the future whenever i see something which is very complicated i remember the cab driver the guy in his 60s from Asturias has no college de degree, but he solves equations because he started time and he likes it. <laughs> oh, Javier, first of all, if you ever want to come back to speak about quantum physics, I also love it. So more than welcome. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, you do yeah. the talking. Um, so, yeah, so for, for me, it makes perfect sense. You know, if, if other people can use stories to convince us to kind of learn something, we can use these stories to, to convince ourselves and, and learn from, because maybe, you know, how you, like you said at the beginning, you know, when you have a, a dream is a story and they're usually pretty nasty and they kind of teach you in a way. So one thing we try to do here at Cycle a lot is, you know, we, we also want to focus on, you know, the things that aren't so great about yourself. You know, those things exist, 
and you have to learn from them. So even if you, you know, maybe the Asturias cab driver story could have not been a good one, but you can still turn it into a story and you can learn from it and kind of make yourself better or, you know, as you said, go bit by bit into trying to solve it. Um, and that this, I, I love that story, by the way. Um, <laughs> what I did want to do with you, if, if we can, is kind of do how we did in class and you asked me to tell a story and then you kind of go through like a framework into how I can make that story better. And I'm going to cheat a little bit and use the story I used in class because it's a story okay. I use quite a bit and I kind of know it a little bit by heart. But if you're okay with that, we would. We would yeah, just, just go ahead. I'll, I'll take notes and I'll let you know how you're doing. No, no pressure. See if, see, see if you pass again, Francisco. Yeah. There is no take back. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I pass that class. Um, no pressure at all. Um, so I'll, I'll go right now and tell it. Um, it was my fourth or third year of uni. No, my third year of uni in, in the U.S. And I was studying mechanical engineering, but I wasn't really happy with, with like my career choices. I, I was starting to not really enjoy it. I was thinking about, you know, maybe switching, maybe doing something else. And I was kind of, you know, at that time, I was thinking, what is the point of me, you know, learning mechanical engineering if I'm not sure if, if, I, if I love it? And I was taking this class called Differential Equations and Linear Algebra that, by the way, I'm sure the cab driver knows, knows all about. Um, and it was February in Boston. And I don't know if you've been to Boston in February, but it is very, very cold. It is 4 p.m. and it's so dark outside. It's, it's miserable. It's not a place you really want to be when you're 19 years old. Um, I was sitting in my Differential Equations class. And every day, this girl would sit next to me because she really didn't get it. And she, she would ask me questions, not that I was a, the best in class or anything. Um, and I remember she, had a, she has a scar on her top lip. And she would always, you know, ask me, oh, how did you do the homework and stuff and all that. And I I'm a, think I'm a polite person. So I always answered and I tried to help. One day she says, oh, Francisco, I know you speak Spanish. Um, would you mind coming to this meeting I have in this club? Uh, we need someone who speaks Spanish urgently. Uh, don't worry, it's super quick. You're not getting roped into anything. Now, just being polite, I said, yeah, sure, I'll help you. You know, two days pass, it's like the day before the meeting and I go, oof, I, I just being polite, I don't want, I, I really don't want to, you know, go into a meeting with a bunch of people I don't know to, you know, help this girl with her Spanish. So this, this is not what I want to do. And I spent the whole day in class. So how am I going, how am I going to get out of this? You know, how, how am I going to tell her, no, like, what is the best way to, to get out of this, this meeting? And I, I I just say to myself, well, just go. It won't be that bad. You do speak Spanish, so I'm sure you can do this. I get that night to the meeting. Again, a super cold night in, in Boston. And I get in there. I, I had met one of the people before, aside from the girl, but we had only said hi a couple of times. So I'm sitting there, and she goes, hey, Francisco, thanks for coming. I really appreciate this. Here is the entire rule book of making a civil engineering project in Panama. Can you translate it? And I go, oh, I've made a huge mistake. This is, this is not going to go well. This is, this is bad. Why did I do this? And then again, just, I just kept going and, and I did it. So I don't finish that day, obviously, because it was a giant tome of rules. And I, I come back the next meeting to try and finish. And turns out I go three or, three or four more times. I start making friends. And by a couple of month, months, I'm kind of a part of that team. And 
the the goal of the club, which I haven't said, which I actually should have said before, I'm sure I'm going to get critiqued on that, is it was this club that made water projects for communities that don't have access to water all over the world. Um, so it turns out I enjoy it a lot. I make friends with all of those people and I go on two, tri two trips with them to a, pl a place called Las Delicias in, in Panama, which was a town in the middle of the jungle that had no access to water. And I went on that trip. We designed a water system, which is actually done now. I made friends with, pe with people in the community. I still get WhatsApps from them all the time. They send me memes, which are really, Pan rural Panamanian memes are really crazy. Um, and when I look back on it, I thought, you know, I graduated, I became an engineer, and that's kind of just by saying yes to this random girl in class, it kind of gave me a purpose and a meaning to what I was doing. So it, the, this whole thing kind of moved my career along in a way I couldn't imagine just because of saying yes. Thank you, thank you, Francisco. That, that, that was a very interesting story. I remembered your story, by the way. Yeah, so it's not that bad. See, see what happens. I remember your story. If someone had told me about, I'm sure you friends, some friends, so Mariana is here too. I can see Mariana probably remembers yeah, your story. Mariana and dad. And dad also, yes. See? So stories stay. Facts, they just leave your mind. Stories always stay. So Francisco, right, there's, there's several parts in, in the several elements in the story. So you need a character, which is you and that girl. Then you need then, um, a situation, so an environment or some stage. Then you need a, a crisis, which is normally, so it's, it's an incident. It's called the, the inciting incident in, in script writing. But it's the crisis, although it can also be a small challenge, a discovery, or, or a small obstacle, like probably is, is your case. Then what you need there is change. If there's no change, there's no story. So you're not the same person when you start, when at the start of the story and at the end of the story. By the way, stories, the, the better stories are the ones about yourself, like, like this one. You can tell the story about someone else, but it's always good if, if it's you because you're living it more intensely and you'll be better relating the story. And then there's the, the, the aftermath of the story. So those are the elements. But if you consider the, the, the way to tell it, okay, so the first thing you did is, is the setup. The setup should include the stage, so where are you? How long ago? And you said you were in Boston and it was three, third year the university, mechanical engineering. So what are you doing is, so what you were doing at the time was clear. Maybe you can, when setting the stage, give us more details about the surroundings, about the atmosphere, because you said it was called 4 p.m. dark. I was sitting in class. Okay, how was that class? Is it big? Is it small? Is it an amphitheater like in the movies or is it tiny? Is it like 20 of you? So which, which which part of the building? Because you didn't mention the the university either. So right. was it Harvard? Was it what? Etc. Then the the within the setup would come the description of the characters and the relationship with you, which you very well did. And when you describe the characters, it's it's good to make them stand out for something. By the way, you could have told us how you were in those years. Were you younger? Had more hair? More spots? Or, or you wore a tie? Whatever. And then the girl had a scar in, the, in her top lip. Maybe you can describe her personality a, a bit more. What they were doing, that's the other part of the setup. So setup stage, then the characters and what they're doing. And what they're doing is very clear. You, you were sitting in class. 
and you were not happy with with what you were studying you also said so it's good to tell us how you were feeling at that moment then would come the um, sorry besides the the fact that you're studying what she's doing with you she's asking you to go to a meeting it's good if you tell us a meeting the i don't know what you said the the water project the society like an organization that promotes water projects in communities etc then so that's the setup then would come the inciting incident and the incident is that she gives you this this thick book which you need to translate into spanish so that's the incident again it's not a crisis it's a challenge more than a crisis yeah. but that sets you back what do you mean i have to translate it's too too much and your initial reaction is very good there so you're against that what am i doing here then so we said setup then the incident then would come the rising action which is what happens between the the crisis and the resolution of the crisis. And I suggest you insert more things happening in there because what you said is, so you went two, three trips to, to Las Delicias in the jungle, you, and that was basically your rising action. So the rising action can be, so I get on this flight, my first flight to ever to Panama, and I'm thinking, where am I going? And then I land here at the airport. It's, it's almost, you can almost see the jungle because Panama is, is not very big and you see trees, palm trees everywhere, and then taking into the jungle. And in, and in that ride, in that Jeep with so many potholes, my butt was hurting like I was like I was just riding on, on it instead of on wheels. And then I get there, et cetera, et cetera. So describe the details that will lead us into the main event, which is where success, failure, or discovery happened. In your case, it was discovery. And that was very good. You said, I, I realized that, that what I was doing was... I needed something else. I, I became an engineer, but I was an engineer and I was helping people with my skills, something like that. And then would come the, after, the aftermath. The aftermath is, and I'm still working with them, for instance, or okay. they split and I set up my own thing, very similar okay. to what they were doing. So that was a very good story, Francisco. Yeah. Um, see, I, the, sorry, go ahead. If I still pass, you know, that was going to be the question. <laughs> Yes. So the, the, the interesting thing about learning how to tell stories is that you get a frame and then you adapt what's in here to that frame. And what comes out is way better than your original, okay, let, let me tell you a story without a structure. By the way, you can, you can add bits which are not completely true. For instance, you can say the thing about the, the potholes I made up on the road. It doesn't matter if it's not true. You know, it, it adds to the, the suspense, it adds to the drama. As long as you don't say, and I drove in a, in a 150,000 euro Mercedes Benz four by four, because that, that wouldn't fit and we, we would be yeah, suspicious yeah. of that. You, you can add, you, I remember you told us you can add elements that aren't necessary to what, as, as long as they fit the story. Francisco, meterle pepper in Spanish. That's yeah. why, that's how we said. <laughs> add, both, add, add spices to the story. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> So yeah, uh, that, this kind of whole thing is why we wanted you on because I remember this this whole storytelling class for me was was really great and and we really wanted. Um, Eduardo did have a question that was, um, how he can use uh, storytelling to find what makes him unique. I think you answered a bit of it with the Asturias cab driver story, but can you can you speak about how stories can kind of help you learn something? that you maybe are trying to figure out. Right, so what is that thing that makes me unique? Yes. Javier. There, yes, Eduardo. 
Hi, how are you? I can, I can add on to the question actually a little bit. Um, what actually the, the reason I asked the question was that you were mentioning before that when we're doing an interview, it would be actually super, a very good tactic to use something as a, like for example, in your case, you're an instructor of scuba driving, uh, scuba diving. So what is that? How can I find out what that, that unique thing about me that I can use for interview, interviews, for example, that you would say would be extremely interesting for the interviewer for them to remember me? Because I was thinking a lot of people have, have asked this question before, and I, I was kind of wondering if you could elaborate a bit on that, if you could. Okay. Now, this, this is not totally related to stories, so it's just finding out what makes you different, what's, what makes you unique. And if you, if you think back on your life, it's very easy to come up with these things. By the way, the way you find stories in your life is by finding big moments in your life. So especially transition moments. So you, you change location, jobs, partners, you change friends, you, you start new physical activities, you, you take to new cuisine tastes. All these things are ripe with stories and are full of stories. And I was gonna give you another example. For instance, I went out with this girl for nine years and then we split and we didn't get married. Okay, that makes me unique because not everybody goes through that. So I can say, so I'm one of the few people in the world that have been through a really long relationship and I still am friends with, with that person, but we didn't get married. Okay, is that something amazing? No, but, but I can use that in, in an interview to say, so, are you able to, to change the way things are if you suddenly come across new information or you're stuck in your old ways? And I can, I can tell that story and they will think of me, okay, this is an adaptable person. He's, he's flexible. Or I can go back and, and tell you about the time I, I was... So my dad lived through the, through the Spanish Civil War and he was 15 at the time, 15, 16. And he, he took me on these walks in the Casa de Campo, which is a park, big park that surrounds the north, the east, northwest of Madrid. And he showed me that the trenches and where the ammunition depots had, had, depots had been. And he told me this, this horrible story about him seeing a, a big pile of oranges. Imagine everyone's dying of hunger in Madrid during the war at that time, 1937, 38, 39. And he sees this huge pile of oranges in the Casa de Campo. And of course, my dad, he was, he was uh, taking care of his mom and his sister because his dad had died in the war in his 1560. And he sees the chance to get food for his family. So he rushes to that pile of oranges. And suddenly this soldier blocks his way with, with, with a gun and, and says, no, you're not, you're not taking any of this. And my dad, when he told me that story, he was like almost crying. And he was already like 80 something. And, and I still can think of that as first, how bad can things get? Not as bad as that very likely even with COVID or another war and how can how can people be so mean so why can I use this story I can go so they can tell me so tell me about uh, about something special about you so I can say well you know I know I've, I haven't been through these situations but I know what it is to 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 feel rejected by someone so I am based on this story that my dad told me I always look at people as you know you can be this and that or better or worse for instance, I, that was a bit off topic, but but it's no, no, easy no, to find no. moments in your life that make you make you unique. No, no, that's very, 
No, that, and that's very powerful. And usually maybe sometimes something I like to do, for instance, Eduardo, I guess helps anyone is, especially you can break it down uh, to a couple of the words, like what problems did you solve? What people say usually about you? There are a couple of questions that can actually sometimes lead to these cool stories or cool facts that you can turn into stories uh, thanks to the great techniques that Professor just showed us. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, um, other than that, uh, Francisco, do you have any other questions in particular? Because yeah. I would love to go through a little bit of a grasping uh, through everything we went through. Yeah. So, Actually, one more question, if you don't mind me asking Javier, that uh, I think is very, very, now that you mentioned COVID, I think it's very relevant to these days. Uh, can, do you have any advice for people trying to find their own purpose when a lot of things seem to be going bad during the, these times? And it seems that there's a lot of people who say that things couldn't get worse uh, or people are very surprised because this is new to everyone, of course. But I was kind of wondering, how do you cope with it? What kind of advice do you have for this? You have to be very flexible. I was going to give you the cliche of be water. <laughs> Bruce Lee used to say. But the first thing I would say is, okay, things are, are getting worse by the day, but this is not a war. I just discussed the war. I'm sure this, whether this is a V or a U or a K, whatever it ends up being, we'll get over it because it's, it's going to be nasty temporarily, but who you are is going to be the same. So your chances are going to be the same when things improve okay, let, let's let's assume that and even if things take a, a long time to improve it's your your capacity to adapt that is going to to allow you to survive and, and then i could illustrate illustrate this with the story i was going to tell you the story about my dad but i already told you because it fits perfectly in, in this adapt adaptability thing so um what, what yeah, can no. i tell you what can that's I tell powerful you? the power of acceptance and adaptation because the first step is accepting that the situation is going to be this doesn't matter who has the blame doesn't matter where it comes from the situation is like it is and accepting that and adapting to that situation understanding that the situation doesn't have to bring you down um because either way you have to adapt also your brain not all your your body and your what routines are you need to adapt because you won't find happiness in every day but you can always find joy, a little bit of joy in everything you do. If you attach everything you're doing to a larger purpose and how as well. And understanding that, yeah, I mean, everything you're going through is gonna be worst case scenario, at least a learning experience that is gonna make you a better person where when everything is done and everything is better. Because I say better because every, there is always a problem. Today, yeah. is, the problem is in the person that people say, mm -hmm. To, to what well, you kind of also speaking to what Eduardo said and, and Javier. So, first of all, pragmatically, if nothing else, this whole pandemic is going to be a way for all of us to have a story in our lives. You know, we all we all are gonna go through this. And and you know, I know Eduardo, you you're working during a pandemic. That that in itself is is something you can use as a story to kind of illustrate how much you changed and how adaptable you are. And so, mm -hmm. The, the, unique, the thing that makes you unique doesn't have to be that you're a scuba instructor or that you fought in a war. It can just be this really quaint story about how you solved the problem and how you changed. 
it, it, being unique doesn't have to be, in my opinion, at least, doesn't have to be, you know, I, I overcame, you know, I, I was really, I, they said I wouldn't walk and then I, I ran in the Olympics. It, it doesn't have to be that, which that is amazing, of course, but it can just be, you know, I, I had this challenge, I went through it, I came out changed, and now I am better for having accomplished that. Like for me, that is, in a nutshell, um, what storytelling can do or what storytelling should be. Cool. Cool. No, completely agree. So um, I actually wanted to see, Professor, what you think about this. It's kind of like a little bit of the outline of what we talked today and want to see if there is anything else uh, you would like to add uh, to each of these things. Uh, I think there were two main things discussed. The power of the stories and how you can actually learn this skill and develop and improve at this skill that is storytelling. So for the power, particularly at Cyclop, we like to attach stuff to what is called the eight dimensions of wellness. So I'm gonna go through a little bit of uh, four dimensions of wellness that I think you were able to mention. And it's the power that storytelling, the first one is the power that storytelling has in your social wellness because of the empathy that it's able to create on people, but also how it can make help you for people to like you and remember you. You mentioned two things, two words that I think was very entertaining and memorable. I think were the two key words, like people is gonna be entertained around you and people is gonna remember you. And that's something that definitely can have a lot, lot of potential to improve your social wellness. Then vocational wellness slash financial wellness as well. Um, the capacity of finding a job, using stories, for instance, to find a job, but also stories to start your own entrepreneurship. And that's something that uh, you mentioned that is a lot to do with as well, empathy and memorability, because people's gonna remember you, or people's gonna remember your brand. The interviewer is gonna remember you, all your clients are gonna remember your brand. And that's how you can improve your vocational wellness through this. Uh, emotional wellness, making sense of the past, which I think is very powerful. Uh, you said that when you write a story, you understand better a situation, something that happened to you. Maybe details that you forgot to realize that were around just because you're trying to make the story um, more empathetic by adding more details. And then it makes you think back about details that you miss that can help your per uh, perception change your perception about what happened to you. And there is a lot of more resources probably, but you mentioned a lot about um, how this is used in psychology to treat a lot of stuff, um, especially stuff that we cannot let go of, um, how to change the story for being something maybe that doesn't have a, such a emotional charge on us. Um, so yeah, and finally, I think I, I wanted to add intellectual because the part of in details, like it definitely, maybe you are in a class and if you tell the story to someone about what we went through in that class, probably you will learn better the material. And it's a typical learning by teaching situation. And yeah, it kind of goes back to the memorability aspect and the empathy aspect that I think is very powerful. Uh, this world, what it needs, I strongly believe is more empathy uh what well it is many things but empathy is a very powerful tool as well that can solve a lot a lot of problems so yeah moving on you mentioned about the skill and how to improve it uh you mentioned the power of uh thinking about this uh, the character 
the situation, the crisis, and the change. But more importantly, that's more like stuff to think about, and correct me if I'm wrong, before starting to tell the story. Uh, the last four things are uh, focus about the setup, the details, make sure then to add, uh, explain where the characters, then a crisis occurs, and then there is a rise in action, which you want to also be detailed about. And then finally comes the um, resolution. And I love how you mentioned aftermatch, the power of the aftermatch. And today, this serves me because of this. It's something that is going to, oh no, I think it's that little cherry on the top that we, a lot of people forget about, like what happened after that, like what happened after that. So yeah, uh, that's what I think about we talk about today. I want to see if you want to wrap up with something else. That was a very good summary. Thank you. Right. So just, I would leave it with two things. Number one, keep a, a storybook log. So mm. I, I use uh, OneNote microphone. So OneNote, as I said, I write, okay, this is story material. I just jot a couple of things down. And that's the story. So if I have it here in front of me, for instance, I can say, uh, I was riding on a train not very long ago and I saw the 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 guy who sells the tickets or the who checks for your ticket in the train talking to someone saying we almost derailed in that curve over there and my heart almost went through my mouth and i was thinking what is going on you know <laughs> if i was in an airplane nobody would be saying this to a passenger what is going on so that, that's that's material for a story and it happened to me just by riding a train so look for for story material in your lives and you'll be amazed at how many stories you can come up with it's so easy to find stories and remember, stories have a crisis, which is not necessarily an explosion. It can be a, a, a small obstacle, a challenge, or, or a discovery. Like the train is a discovery. What's going to discover? The, the Spanish rail personalities is not very, very reliable in that sense in calming the passengers. And then the, the other thing you need in stories is change. No change, no story. Something changes in you. You're a different person than you were at the beginning than you were that you're at the end. So, so that's one thing. Look for stories in your lives, and you'd be surprised at how many you have. And the other thing I would advise you to do, which I mentioned before, is make sure you rehearse your stories. Rehearse with a friend, then with a, two friends, then with five friends, then rewrite it and do it again and again. And, and you'll have not only a logbook of stories, you'll have prepared stories, which you can use for so many situations. I've heard so many great stories from my students, which I have advised them to use it at work. Hey, this could work so well to motivate people. And this to tell them a change is possible. And that you can tell to stop rumors. So there's so many things you can use in, in, in at work. So storytelling, it works. Storytelling, it works. That's, yeah. <laughs> sounds like a slogan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, well, Javier, first of all, thank you very much. You know, I, I kind of already knew this. Uh, from class, but it's great that we're getting it out to more people. Um, um, we really want to thank you for for you know sitting down to talk with us about storytelling. That at least for me, and I know Luis loves this because this kind of a whole thing came up about a conversation we were having, not even related to to the company. Um, and I just wanted to thank you and thank people for joining us. And if you want to you know uh, have anything you want to pitch, or you have anything that you want to. Kind of tell us about uh please go ahead but if not from our side uh we can't thank you enough for for agreeing to come here and, and talk about this with us i know same here thank you so much for for thinking of me for for doing this i really appreciate the opportunity 
to tell people about storytelling and to and to meet my my own students whom mm -hmm. I miss very much. Yeah, well, you you are going to have a few new ones in, in a couple of days, so yeah, yeah pot pot potential future stu students yeah. as well. <laughs> I think if if nothing, you you pitch Luis on on IE and your class. If, if nothing, all right, <laughs> go hundred percent. So I look forward to welcoming so you. Mm -hmm.